Hello and welcome to another episode of Bright Future with your host, Samuel Adams. This is a political and philosophical podcast that follows current events, primarily in the United States. Here, we look at our nation's and our world's laws, views, people, and issues, our possible solutions to those issues, and how we might do better, so that there may one day be a bright future. As always, the rules for our debate. Rule number one, do not insult others and instead discuss and debate each other's arguments in a respectful manner. Rule number two, keep your opinions flexible to take into account new information, perspectives, and ideas. Rule number three is Hanlon's razor. Do not attribute to malice that which can be attributed to stupidity. Rule number four is Occam's razor. Keep in mind that simpler explanations that make the least assumptions are more likely to be correct. Rule number five is Hitchens' razor, which states that can be stated without evidence can also be dismissed without evidence. However, there are exceptions to this like basic universal truths, like the Earth is an oblate spheroid and one plus one equals two. And lastly, Rule 6, the Sagan Standard. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence to prove. While I do record these episodes in a voice chat that anyone is free to join, this podcast isn't popular enough yet to regularly have other members join to follow these rules. That being said, these rules do stand for the comments if you're listening to this on YouTube or for the chat room if you're in my Discord server. They also apply directly to me, and I always try to keep them in mind when writing and recording these episodes. With no further delay, let's begin. I usually do these episodes in one take, simply editing out the bits of silence in between, but I do pre-write an awful lot of what I actually plan on saying. So I wanted to start with just this bit here. They, whoever they is, say that there are no stupid questions. I disagree. The only stupid questions are the one you need answered multiple times. So why are you asking me the same question over and over, unnamed coworker of unidentified origin? <sighs> Sorry, I just had to get that bit off my chest. It was a rough weekend. Anyway... Had to just open that right in front of the microphone. Last week's episode was about the Artemis Project, and I tore into the project, criticizing almost every aspect about it, from its simple name to its goals, its engineering challenges, and more. However, I'm actually very excited that this project exists in the first place. Space exploration is something that I believe that we have neglected, only doing the bare minimum for, for way too long. And what I told you last week was that today, September 19th, 2022, the first major step, the Artemis 1, was supposed to launch. Or at least, that's what NASA's website said a week ago when I initially researched and recorded that episode. Since then, though, Space.com, with its live update, says in an article that released 10 hours ago that it was actually scheduled to launch on September 12th. But it also has an article from 9 hours ago which says it was scheduled to launch on September 3rd? So, I was trying to learn more about this launch so I could actually preface this week's episode with that, so I was looking to various news sources to try and actually find what happened and when the launch date actually is. Because, you know... That's kind of important when it comes to something like this. 
and I kept getting different dates from different sources all the time, until finally, I gave up and just went to NASA's website themselves, which said, September 27th. I'm hoping I can actually trust that, but given that NASA's website even makes the most basic mistake of saying that Artemis is the Greek goddess of the moon, I'm not sure I can trust something as simple as a date, either. Anyway, on to this episode's main topic. This week, I was scrolling through an internet webcomic I like. It's called XKCD by Randall Monroe, and I came across one, a pretty old one, which had a series of quotes from the past about the future. One of these quotes was from Dr. Barton C. Hurst. Before I read you the quote, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about him. Dr. Hurst was an obstetrician known for founding the University of Pennsylvania's Maternity Hospital in 1892. He was considered an international authority on obstetrics during his lifetime, writing many books on his field of medicine, which remain highly relevant and collectible to this day. Now, obstetrics is something I had to look that up. I did not know what that word was. It turns out that it's prenatal and... uh, postnatal care, I guess? I don't know if it's actually called postnatal care, but you get what I'm, you get it now, right? Now that we know a little bit about him, well, let's go to the quote. We cannot settle the problem, and I venture the prophecy that perhaps a century from now, this same question may be brought before some future society and discussed very much as it is tonight. This quote is from 1914, and as of this recording, is 98 years old. You may have also guessed by, you may have also guessed that by Dr. Hurst's field, obstetrics, that tonight's discussion on that discussion in 1914 was about the topic of abortion. So, if we aren't going to get anywhere with this discussion, why am I talking about it? Well, last Tuesday, shortly before my last episode released, Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre released a statement on the proposed national abortion ban. In this statement, Corinne talks about how Senator Graham introduced a national ban on abortion that is wildly out of step with what Americans believe. And I'm quoting from that statement there. Hold the statement there, Press Secretary. Your job, as the press secretary, is to gather and distribute information to the president, the White House staff, and the media, including myself. In other words, your job is to be the connection and communicator between us, the media, and the White House so that we can get the facts from each other. We can tell you what the people want, and you can tell us how our president is getting that done for us. Your job is not to tell me what my or what my fellow Americans' opinion is. And I can appreciate you protecting or using wording to make your administration that you're a part of look better. But why are you trying to tell me what Americans believe? You can't tell us what our opinion is. We have to, you have to give us the facts, and we have to come to that opinion on our own. On top of that, Are you even sure if that's what Americans believe? Because as stated from Dr. Hurst's quote earlier, this is a wildly divisive issue whose morality and legality has been flipping back and forth regularly since abortion laws were first introduced in the United States 
in 1821. If the public could reach some sort of majority on their opinions about this, surely by now, 201 years after the first laws about it showed up, I would be able to ask people about this issue and they would all relatively agree. Just like how I'm sure most of them would agree that driving drunk is a bad idea. But we can't agree on it, can we? And we probably never will, thanks to the murky waters of trying to define what a human being is. What I'm trying to say with all of this, though, is just don't tell me what to believe. Just give me the facts, and I'll figure out what I believe myself from there. But let's continue your statement. Your statement continues to talk about how your administration, the Biden administration, is focused on other issues right now and fighting for progress, and that Republicans in Congress are focusing on taking us back and taking rights away from women. I'm going to hold you there again. Progress? Again, we've been flip-flopping around the issues of the legality of this since laws about abortion were first introduced in the United States in, again, 1821. That's not even to talk about the discussion of its morality, considering that the first abortion was performed back in the early 1500s. Progress would be to find a different solution to the problem of unwanted pregnancies and consign this whole debate to the history books, but nobody's doing that. Also, did you say Republicans in Congress? There's a difference between the House and the Senate, and the Congress is made up of both the House and the Senate. This proposed ban came from Senator Graham, just the Senate. And it's from one person. It is backed by a few other people, but I didn't get that far when trying to research it. Also, this confusion made some difficulties while trying to find the actual bill that was proposed. And I think I did find it. For the 117th Congress, there is a Senate bill. Its number is S4840. The title of this bill on the Congress website, congress.gov, is a bill to amend Title 18 United States Code to protect pain-capable unborn children and for other purposes. That title doesn't say abortion ban or anything like that, does it? Well, okay, let's read the full bill first before I form my opinion. Let's click on the text tab and... There's nothing there. As of this recording... September 20th, 2022, a week after the bill was first read in the Senate, and it's not available for the public to read. The missing text page, though, does have a little blurb there to explain its absence, and I'm going to quote it here. Bills are generally sent to the Library of Congress from the GPO, the Government Publishing Office, a day or two after they are introduced on the floor of the House or Senate. Delays can occur when there are a large number of bills to prepare, or when a very large bill has to be printed. A very large bill? Oh no, not again! If you need context to that, I have previously read the laws that have passed recently to try and learn more about them, both H.R. 1808, the Assault Weapons Ban, and the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. 
or I tried to read those, but these bills were 115 pages and 755 pages respectively. Legal documents have, on average, 350 words per page. So, with the week that I have to prepare and record these episodes, since I'm making a new one every week and it's with current events, there was no way I was ever going to be able to fully read those documents. I did my best, but, well, I just wasn't going to be able to do it. Former President Obama, I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent here. Former President Obama describes our government as an ocean liner instead of a speedboat, by which he means in order to make a change, it takes time. But we've been debating the morality of abortion for 200 years, and finally some changes are being made. Roe versus Wade is being overturned, there's a bunch of uh, presidential decrees, and uh, what are they called? Why am I losing the word in the middle of the recording? I'm going to have to... What is it? An executive order. Yes, I, I completely lost the word for it there. A bunch of executive orders have been made and things like that. And it's just... It's just getting really messy really fast. And all of these changes are being made before we have all of the facts. No majority is being reached on this issue. And it is one of the most polarizing issues in the nation considering that there's no philosophical, legal, or scientific way that we could come to a precise and easy conclusion on if abortion is moral or not. Personally, I think that if there's no way to know if doing an action is moral or not, you should err on the side of caution and, you know, not do that and instead find other solutions to the issue. Like Colorado's solution, which provides free contraceptives to every woman over the age of 14 without requiring parental consent. And we know the solution works because in the years since, abortion rates in Colorado have fallen by 80% and the birth rate has fallen by 9% since 2012. The point I'm trying to make by saying all of this, though, is that political opinions can be vast and varied. Very rarely is an issue so black and white that choosing a solution which is correct is so easy. It's usually not. So it really bothers me when someone attempts to tell me what to think or what my opinion about an issue should be, especially in such a point-blank way like the press secretary did in her statement. Because even if my opinion wildly differs from their, wildly differs from their opinion, it doesn't mean that one of our opinions is more correct than the other. So unless we can show each other our viewpoints, provide our reasons behind our opinions, and keep our minds open to each other's perspectives, we won't ever be able to find a compromise, or perhaps a third option that might even be better. Which also brings me to a new word I learned earlier this week. Dichotomy. A a dichotomy is a relationship between two things that inherently pose each other in every way, like having your cake and eating it too, right? Except it is possible to do both. If you eat only some of your cake, you can still have the other part of it as a compromise. Or perhaps you could decorate the cake so that it looks completely different to give people online an existential crisis. Or perhaps, as we know all too well... The cake could very well be a lie. Yes, I'm ending this episode with a decade-old meme. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Bright Future. 
Feel free to comment on this episode on YouTube, discuss this or other topics in my Discord server, or join the conversation live on Twitch. New episodes are recorded live every Monday at 7pm Central, and episodes are released every Tuesday at 6pm Central, as my analytics show me that this is when episodes are most downloaded. I'll see you next week.